You're tuned into America's positive radio talk show. David Essel alive every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific, celebrating 23 years on the air. Proud to be part of the iHeart Premier Clear Channel Radio Network. Rocking with you out of Studio Ian. Los Angeles, California, with Tricia and Nathan running the show here. Toll-free 1-800-548-TALK, 1-800-548-TALK. Text us live during the show, 941-266-7676. 941-266-7676. My next guest, this has like been an amazing show, off-the-wall show tonight. We just got off the air with Richard Bach, of course, author of the famous book, uh, Jonathan Livingston Siegel, and his last book, Illusions 2. And then we jump into Greg Braden. I have followed Greg Braden's work. I'm going to say this, with, with, with and Greg's going to laugh. Uh, from when he's, he first was a technical operations manager at Cisco, <laughs> 1991, till today. Now, that isn't all 100% true, but I have followed his work ever since he's jumped into the world of personal growth and the marriage of spirituality and science. Uh, one of my favorite books that he did that he did write prior to the one that just came out, The Turning Point, which we'll talk about today, was Spontaneous Healing of Belief. I love that book. Phenomenal. If you haven't read it, Along with his new book, you can get both at the same time, Spontaneous Healing of Belief. And then his new book, The Turning Point, Creating Resilience in a Time of Extremes. There's a time when every crisis can become transformation, when simply surviving can become joyous thriving. Greg, great to have you on the show. David, I am so excited to be with you today, and I'm absolutely thrilled to be with all of our listeners um, we haven't had the opportunity to, to connect before the show. I'm going to follow your lead today because there are so very many things and very many places that we can go with this information. Oh, I know. Absolutely. Now, well, one of my questions, Greg, how did you go from technical operations in the world of the Internet into this whole amazing, you know, going to ashrams, traveling the world, marrying science and, and spirituality? Tell us about the transformation. Well, Sue, so we're going to start with the easy questions first, is that right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because I think our listeners probably know the most difficult thing for an author to do is to talk about their own lives. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, David, when, when people ask me that question, and, and it comes up frequently um, in different ways, I'm often asked how I made what many people believe is the quantum leap, what they perceive mm-hmm. uh, is the quantum leap between these worlds. And, and to round out the, uh, the intro, before I was working at Cisco, uh, I was also a, a senior computer systems designer for Martin Marietta Defense Systems during the last years of the Cold War. And prior to that, I was, uh, during the first energy crisis in the 1970s, uh, I was a computer geologist with Phyllis Petroleum. The common denominator for these three corporate positions was that I came into them uh, all during times of crisis. And it was, it was my sense that this time in the 20th and now the 21st century uh, is not so different from some of the times uh, past. The circumstances, uh, the immediate circumstances of technology certainly have changed, but the principles and the, the, the crises that we find ourselves involved with in terms of, uh, of learning to share resources, uh, of avoiding war, uh, those kinds of things are very similar. And my thinking, David, was, and this began when I was in the defense industry, uh, during very frightening time, the last years of the Cold War, my sense was that if I could find the place in our past where I was absolutely certain that our ancestors have had a wisdom in their time 
that we have either forgotten in ours or, or perhaps never even knew. If we could marry the best of 5,000 years of human understanding right. with the best, the best science of the 20th and now the 21st mm. century, if we could somehow weave those two great ways of knowing into a single wisdom that is more powerful than the spirituality alone or more powerful, powerful than the science alone, it would give us the evolutionary edge to transcend, not just survive, but transcend what now are being acknowledged as the greatest crises uh, of, uh, of human experience and leading to the time of extremes that we find ourselves in now. So my, my thinking was uh, that I, I chose at that time to devote my adult life to exploring uh, the most isolated, remote, pristine, in many uh, cases the most ancient repositories of human understanding uh, that I could find to answer the question for myself, who am I? To answer the question for us collectively, who are we? So right. that with that wisdom, perhaps, just perhaps, we could avoid some of, of the great suffering that we've all witnessed in our lifetime. So it's, it's a long answer to a short question, but it lays the foundation <laughs> for everything we do here. Absolutely. Is it an illusion, Greg, that, that these times are more difficult than the times of the past? Is that something that isn't actually true, that the times of the past have always been as difficult, crisis is crisis is crisis, and now we're just learning maybe how to um, intercept the crisis before it gets to a boiling point and to heal more quickly? Share your thoughts. It's, it's a very good question, and it's one that I asked early on, David, and certainly our ancestors uh, back to the very beginning of recorded human history, about 5,500 years ago, uh, they've all had to deal with problems in their, in their lifetimes. What makes right. ours so very different is the number of people sharing the world, the connectivity, the fact that we are now living in a globalized world. So that we, we no longer live in a world of uh, separate economies or separate uh, systems of, of resources or, or finances or energy or defense or communications. And that means that we share everything. We share the good things. We share the culture, the innovation, and technology. We share the difficult things. And those difficult things that we're facing now, uh, no one in our generation or in recent history has lived through the magnitude of climate change, for example, mm. that we're living through right now, or the magnitude of the global finance, financial buckling. Uh, right. Many experts believe uh, is leading to a collapse because we've never been burdened with global debt that's changing every one of our lives in, in ways that are more obvious than others for some people. So we are dealing with things we've never had to deal with before. At those extremes, the experts are telling us, David, they're here for our lifetime. Climate change is here mm -hmm. for our lifetime and then for our children's. The Congressional Budget Office has just told us the economy that we have right now, uh, low interest rates that make it difficult to save. Uh, mm -hmm. The reduction in the number of, of the global industries and jobs, a lot of that's linked to climate change, high unemployment, all those things, they're with us. The Congressional Budget Office is telling us through at least 2023. So when I wrote this book, it was to acknowledge the reality that is now at our doorstep and to embrace the fact that we now must adapt to the reality that's with us that has actually created what is being called a new normal. So there's a new normal that now has emerged that hasn't been broadly acknowledged in mainstream media. So for many people, it's a surprise. It's news. But the, the key here is for us to, to transcend, not just survive, but to thrive and transcend 
and make the best of all of the new discoveries and the new things that are available to us, we've got to learn to adapt. And this is where the, the piece on resilience comes in. I love it. Greg, we're going to be going to a quick break and coming back. My guest, Greg Braden, uh, as a matter of fact, books have been published in seven, his books, 17 languages, 33 countries, a New York Times bestselling author. His newest book, The Turning Point, Creating Resilience in a Time of Extremes. When we come back, I'm going to be asking Greg in his own life, how has he turned face crisis, turned crisis into a thriving life himself? I know every author, whatever they write about, and as a matter of fact, Greg and I are both Hay House authors, and whatever we write about, we have experienced at some level, often a very profound level. So we're going to find out from Greg himself. What has he faced, a crisis that he has thrived through to come out on the other side? And then what steps can we take for people right now that are struggling with their health, with love, with money, with business? What can they take to go from this extreme of crisis to thriving? It's a phenomenal topic, and Greg Braden is the guy that's going to give us the answers. GregBraden.com, two Gs, GregBraden.com, check it out. I'm David Essel, our website, TalkDavid.com, back in a minute. You're tuned in to David Essel Alive, America's positive radio show. Like us on Facebook and listen to hundreds of inspirational archive shows at talkdavid.com. Now here's your host, Mr. Motivation, David Essel. Rocking the USA for 23 years, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific. Proud to be part of the iHeart premier clear channel radio network broadcasting live out of studio e in los angeles california 1-800-548-8255 i know in all these years i cannot believe i haven't had a chance to interview greg braden till today and we are blessed to have him with us new york times best-selling author several of his other books i mentioned one of my favorite spontaneous healing of belief uh the divine matrix was another book of his i read deep truth his brand new one the turning point Creating resilience in a time of extremes. Greg, before I get to the question about you personally, is, is the is the ongoing crisis mentality the new normal? Is that, I mean, is that really the new normal that we're always going to be facing some big crises and we just have to uh, buckle down, accept it, realize it, and work to solutions instead of talking and complaining about the crises that keep coming? Wow, that that could be a whole program <laughs> to itself, David. <laughs> you know, it's to answer that question well. It requires us to look at the big picture of of life uh, and our uh, our our experience in the world and, and cycles of time. And what I can say briefly is this: is that while we probably, in all likelihood, will be facing some difficulty in one form or another, we are in fact facing a unique convergence of a number of different cycles uh, paired with the unique experience of globalization, uh, mm-hmm. an uh, mm-hmm. unprecedented number of people living on the planet. So the cycles of climate change certainly are changing the way that we grow food, for example. And that's forcing us to think about the way we work together in difficult times. Do we share resources or do we compete right. 
for resources, and, and the, there's a that's actually the, a very good segue into the question you're about to to ask me because because for all of these things, the key is that we solve our problems in life through the way that we think of ourselves and our relationship to one another in the world. So whether it's on a global scale or it's in our living room with the person that we share our home with or our, our siblings or our coworkers or our families, this principle uh, stands, and it is simply that we, we do. We solve our problems based upon the way that we see ourselves, the lens through which, by which we see ourselves in our relationship to the world. And this is important for all of us because if you're listening to this program, more, more than likely you are the product of 20th century education where we have been steeped in a story of separation. We've been told that we're separate from ourselves, from our bodies, from one another, from our world, from our past, and that we live in this Darwinian world of competition and conflict. Uh, right. We've all been taught that we, we live in this dog-eat-dog world. That's the way it, mm-hmm. it comes up often. The problem, mm-hmm. David, is that the, and I was trained as a scientist. I, I want to say science is good. Science does not have all the answers. Science is a relatively young way of solving our problems. Think of our world. It's only about 300 years old. As good as science is, it is designed to be constantly updated, and it can only serve us if we keep science honest. And what I mean by that is we must be willing to embrace what the new discoveries show us, to share it in the classroom, in the textbook, in the mainstream media. And when we do that, this story of separation uh, changes drastically, radically, because the best science of our time is now overturned 300 years of scientific thinking right. separation. And is telling right on. that we live in a world of cooperation in what biologists call mutual aid. And, and while we all know that violent competition does happen, it's not the rule of nature. It is a unique response to specific circumstances. And the more violence we see in our lives and our world, it tells us how far we've strayed from this truest law of, of hmm. nature. So that, now, in, uh, the question you were going to ask is about applying yeah. these principles in our lives. Can I go ahead and, and just take it from there? Yeah, jump on it. Absolutely. Well, this is... So I wanted to preface with this because the way we answer the question, who are we, who am I, we all have to answer this for ourselves, consciously, subconsciously, uh, in one way or another. And this is where the value of studying the ancient wisdom and indigenous traditions, as well as the best science of today, plays a, a vital and powerful role. Because in the old way of thinking, we were taught that we are separate from everything, that we live in this world of competition and conflict. So when we go to solve a problem, our answers are based upon the way we answer the, uh, a single question, and that question in the past has been, what can I get from the world that exists? What is in this for me? So before we make a medical decision, a healthcare decision, a job, career, a partner, whatever it is, consciously or subconsciously, we're thinking about how we're going to benefit. And that makes perfect sense if we lived in the world of separation, but we do not. So that means the question now must change. In the world of cooperation, the new question becomes, what can I contribute? What can I share? What can I offer? What can I give to the world that's emerging? And I know that it's a subtle and it's a radically powerful way of Mm -hmm. thinking. So what I'd like to do is, is just give a true story. Uh, my wife and I live in a, a rural, very rural community, northern New Mexico, 
hard hit by climate change and also the economy. And a friend of ours was a builder of ecologically sound, beautiful green homes. In 2008, when the economic collapse occurred, as well as the housing collapse, he lost everything, including his ability to care for his family and, and the crew of people that depended on him. Right. When he tells his story, he tells it very well. He bolted up out of a, a, a sound sleep one night, and for some reason, David, something changed. Because in the old days, we would say, how can I recreate what I know somewhere else? How can I make this job happen somewhere else? That's the way we were trained to think. That's right. Ken. Ken didn't do that. Ken woke up and he said, what does my community need? What does my family need? Okay, Greg, I got to ask you a question. We have, we have two minutes. We're going to go to a quick break. Can you stay over the bottom of the half hour? I can stay until the bottom, and then we have – I'm doing this again on another station. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. So, so we've only got – so you cannot stay. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I, I so can, we've got I can two – I can, I can stay until the bottom of this hour. Okay, but that means two minutes. That's fine. <laughs> okay, listen, really, really, we're going to get you back, Greg, because I need more time with you than that, okay? But anyway, we're going to do the best we can right now. Hey, um, so what, what was it that separated really quickly? What was it that separated Ken to be able to wake up with that awareness? What can I offer? When you're in a place of crisis and you're thinking of feeding your family, very few people on this earth could wake up and say, how can I serve? What's, what's the link? What's, what's the connection, Greg, quickly? He began, he began to embrace the scientific fact, peer-reviewed scientific fact, that we do not live in the violent, competitive world that we've been mm. led to believe. I and love it. What his, his answer to the question was people need to care for themselves. He began to prototype, design, and build an innovative system of modular, raised bed, self-watering, self-heating greenhouses that will grow food any time of the year. And he is thriving to a degree greater hmm. now than he was. He'll, I don't think he'll ever build homes again. And all he did was ask the question. He changed the question, what can I contribute? What can I share? What can I give? Hmm. So, I love it. What I'd like, I'd just like to say, I know for a lot of people it sounds like a lot of work. And what I think of work, I think of, of the words of, of an amazing man, the prophet Khalil Gibran, who said sure. that work is our love made visible. And so this is an invitation for all of us to find out. When we change that question, how much of our love can we make visible in our families, in our communities, and in the world that we all love today? And, and I think it's as simple as that. Greg Braden, the author, his newest book, The Turning Point, Creating Resilience in a Time of Extremes, the website for more information on Greg, gregbraden2gs.com. Greg, I'm going to have my people connect with you people. We're going to get you back on to have a little bit more time. Brilliant stuff. I love it. And I'm so glad to have a chance to meet you today. I'm as well. Thank you for the beautiful community you've created through your work, David. I've followed you over the years, and I look forward to the next time. Yes, we'll do it, Greg. Have a beautiful weekend. Our toll-free number, 1-800-548-TALK, 1-800-548-TALK. We will look forward to having Greg back on the show in the future. Without a doubt, he is a guy that's turned many heads and many lives around through his wonderful work. Uh, don't forget that everything is archived at talkdavid.com. Call us, 800-548-TALK. Stay right there. Back in a moment.
You're tuned in to David Essel Alive, America's positive radio show. Like us on Facebook and listen to hundreds of inspirational archive shows at talkdavid.com. Now here's your host, Mr. Motivation, David Essel. Uh, David Essel in the box with you tonight. Hey, if you've missed any of the shows, if you have friends of yours that missed any of the hours tonight, oh my Lord. Starting off with Dr. Carol Dweck going into uh, Richard Bach, Jonathan Livingston Siegel, and Allusions 2, and then most recently Greg Braden uh, with his brand new book, The Turning Point. Let your friends know if they want to be inspired 24-7, go to talkdavid.com. And all of the shows are archived there, and you can listen. We have so many people that email us during the week saying, oh, my gosh, I missed Saturday, but I'm on my way to work, and I'm listening to the whole show, and we love it, and thanks for bringing all these incredible guests on. And it's true. We're blessed. April O'Leary is the uh, producer, guest producer. She does an incredible job. We want to thank her as well. Our toll-free number, if you have a thought, you have a question, is 800-548-TALK, 1-800-548-TALK. Text us during the show. We're going to get to your text. I know people get irritated when we don't read their texts on the air right away, don't they? 941. Here's the text number, 941-266-7676, 941-266-7676. We've got text. I'm going to be answering questions about a wife that's too clingy after sex, uh, someone that need, one of our listeners needs to lose over 100 pounds, um, a girlfriend that read the book Fifty Shades of Grey, and now she wants her boyfriend to be in that type of a relationship. We'll go into that. How do you get out of a spending addiction? I mean, they go on and on and on. It's just so amazing. It really is. Uh, what do you think of online life coaching programs? I mean, these things just go on forever. So let's get started. My wife gets really clingy after sex, like she needs to be held for a long time. Outside of the bed, she is very independent. Why would this switch happen? And I want to tell you, this is not abnormal, okay? I have worked with couples where the woman has been more like the guy with a sex drive, right? That she wants to get in bed, have sex, go to sleep type of thing. And then we've worked with women where that they have sex and then they really need the connection to continue. They need to be told they're beautiful. They need to be held. They need to have their hair stroked. They need to, what he's calling clingy, They need to have that ongoing nurturing. And the reason that we know scientifically for that is the hormone oxytocin. Oxytocin is the bonding chemical. It's released during sex. It's released during childbirth. And, of course, it's divinely given so that when a woman gives birth to a child and oxytocin is flooding her system, that she wants to bond with that child, to care for the child, to take care of the child. During sex with many women, most women have a much higher level of oxytocin than men do. During sex, off it is always released. It actually, there have been scientists that have shared with us on this show that it's released during a text, like an erotic text will release oxytocin in a woman's brain, uh, and so many more things. Could that flowers, candy, you know, little gifts can release oxytocin. So at the end of sex, what you're terming as clingy. She is just having a physiological response, which turns into an emotional response to the release of oxytocin, which is bonding. So what she is saying to you is, I want to, I need to, I desire to bond with you after this sexual relations that we've just had. So I would just accept it, nurture it. Allow it to be there. Of course, if there's nights where you're just exhausted and you say, honey, I need to turn over, negotiate. 
Seriously, if someone has that kind of response after sex that they need that reinforcement, desire the reinforcement, want to be held, want to be soothed, whatever it is, then then do it. And if there's a night that you can't because you're absolutely fried, exhausted, explain it in a really loving way. Say, you know, let me let me hold you for 45 seconds. Let me hold you for two minutes, baby. And then I got to go to sleep. I really do. I've got an early morning, and when I get up, I'll hold you again. And tomorrow night, when I have more time and I'm not leaving early in the morning, I'll hold you even more. You know, like, like talk about it. Talk about it. Talk about it. 1-800-548-TALK. 1-800-548-TALK. Text us, 941-266-7676. Uh, next, oh, we just got a new one in about illusions in life. That'll be a fascinating one to read. Uh, the next one, I'm currently 100% or 100%, 100 pounds. They use the, the sign wrong. 100 pounds overweight and need some help. Can you give me some basic steps? Uh, absolutely. And if you're 10 pounds overweight, 25, 35, 45, 100, it doesn't matter. I'm going to tell you the same. Number one, remove all sugar, all white flour, all salt, all alcohol, all diet soda. Remove it all. Remove it all. Okay, you gotta. If you want to lose weight and keep it off, I'm going to give you the exact plan that works for everyone, regardless of your body type, regardless of genetics, regardless of your blood type, regardless, regardless, regardless. There's some basics that work for everyone when it comes to long-term weight loss. And I'm not screwing around with short-term, like I want to look good for my high school reunion nonsense or something like that. I'm saying long-term. I'm going to repeat it. Remove sugar. Remove white flour. That's crackers, pasta, rice that's white, anything that's white at all. Salt. Alcohol, diet soda, number one. Number two, write down everything you eat, the time of day, and the emotion before you start eating. So take one of those little spiral flip pads around with you, and the minute you're going to eat, write down the time of day, exactly what you eat, the portion size, what you drank, what you eat, et cetera, et cetera, and the emotion prior to eating. So you might say, you know, I'm starving, I'm angry, I'm bored, I'm nervous, whatever it might be, write down the emotion. We need to see patterns, right? Number three, 21 days, a new dietary approach for 21 days, 21 days of protein and vegetables only. Take your multivitamins, take your supplements as you normally do, but really protein and vegetables only. We want to clear out the system. We want to get rid of the crap that's in there and redirect the brain on, and we're teaching the brain that we can survive emotionally, physiologically, etc., without the crutches of white flour, salt, sugar, fat foods, fried foods, diet sodas, alcohol. Remove it all. Get clean. Get really clean. Walk 30 to 45 a day, 30 to 45 minutes, six days a week. Walk 30 to 45 minutes, six days a week. Or go to the gym or do whatever you want to do. Get physically active to the point where you're really pushing yourself. Okay, um, for a person that's overweight, get new athletic shoes before you start this program or a couple days afterwards. Don't use old athletic shoes. The worst thing in the world that happens to people that are starting a weight loss program is that they go for a couple weeks. They're using an old pair of shoes they use in the garden. Then their knees hurt and their ankles hurt, and then they quit. Don't give yourself a chance, right? And then find an accountability partner, someone who's going to walk with you, someone who's going to talk to you, someone that's going to hold you accountable for these changes, and if you don't have one, email us. 
We will work with you. We've been very successful in the world of life change in general. There isn't any area that we don't. And our work is 100% guaranteed. Money back guaranteed. You have nothing to lose. Email us at talkdavid.com. If you're losing weight, quitting an addiction, wanting to make more money, saving a relationship, finding new love, whatever you want to do, all of our work is 100% guaranteed. Go to talkdavid.com. Sign up with me and we'll rock it. Okay, it's guaranteed. You have nothing to lose. 1-800-548-TALK, 1-800-548-TALK. Text us, 941-266-7676. A spending addiction. How do you shift to spending addiction? I will buy things I don't need when I'm stressed or excited. So first of all, I want to tell you the good news with this text is that you're aware. Oh, my Lord, you're aware. You're seeing that you buy things you don't need. When you're stressed or excited, and that's an emotional spending addiction, right? I would say this. Number one, because you're so aware, which is awesome, when you have the desire to buy, sit in the emotion and do not buy. When you have the desire to buy, sit in it. Sit in that emotion. Write about what you're feeling. Instead of going and buying some crap you don't need or something you can't afford, write about what you're feeling. I'm stressed. I want to buy. Why do you want to buy something when you're stressed? Write it out. Why do you want to buy something when you're excited? Write it out. In other words, go deeper into your emotions. In three to four minutes of sitting in that craving, the emotion and the desire to buy will pass. And that is the truth. That is the truth. Here we go. We're going to a quick break. Text us, 941-266-7676. More coming in. Oh, my Lord. We've got a bunch to answer here. Call us, 1-800-548-TALK, 1-800-548-TALK. You're tuned into America's Positive Radio Talk Show. I'm David Essel, the website, Talk David. Stay right there. You're tuned in to David Essel Alive, America's positive radio show. Like us on Facebook and listen to hundreds of inspirational archive shows at talkdavid.com. Now here's your host, Mr. Motivation, David Essel. Oh, yeah, right now we're into this whole thing of trying to catch up with all your texts, your questions, your emails. Uh, if you want to connect with us, you can text us, 941 941- 266 You can email us, of course, at talkdavid.com. Call us, 800-548-TALK, 1-800-548-TALK. So this next one is fascinating. My girlfriend read the book Fifty Shades of Grey. She believes she is like the girl in it and is submissive in love. Now what? <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just a funny question. Now what? Like, what the hell I got my hands on, right? Um, she wants me to become the strong leader in our relationship. Not sure what to do. It's, boy, that's, that's an interesting, interesting question. 
If I were you, I would Google dominant, submissive love relationships, and I would just start reading and researching and get an idea of what the different roles are and how does someone know that this is a path that they want to go down? How how does someone know that this is a natural inclination for them? There's a lot of great information on the Internet that you can uh, you can read, you can peruse. Remember, just like well, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give you an example. You know, some people say I want to get in shape and some people say I want to become a bodybuilder, right? Huge difference, huge difference between someone who works out three times a week for 45 minutes or an hour a day and someone who's in the gym six days a week for two hours or more, right? Well, this lifestyle is the same thing. You can go from a one to 10. It can be very light in regards to submissiveness and dominance, or it can be a 10. It can be off the charts. And what a lot of people, when they look at the 10 lifestyle, they'd say that's insanity to the people that are in it, that are in it by choice, and they're in it because that's who they are by nature. It's not insanity at all. It's just who they are. So you have to take that into account when you're doing research on something like this, just like someone who says, I want to be a bodybuilder, will go and read what bodybuilders have to do and then come back and say, is that me? Because for most people, it's not. Only a tiny percentage of the population could be a professional bodybuilder type of person. But there's all kinds of levels in between. You can be a figure competitor as a woman. You can be a bathing suit competitor. You can be uh, a figure competitor as a guy. There's all kinds of variations. And the same thing with dominant, submissive love relationships. So it's a great question. Your girlfriend got turned on by it, it sounds like. She, she believes that's who she is. And so I would give her the same advice. I'd say to make sure, go read about it. And does that excite you? You know, Does it excite her at that level past reading the book? And I also want to say this, after reading most of the book, that there's a lot in it that's pretty erroneous in regards to the lifestyle. Uh, in that book, I, I remember I didn't even finish it because there was just so much chaos and drama between the two. Oh, my God. It's like I wouldn't want to be in anything like that at all. Uh, not, not, and I'm not talking about the lifestyle. I'm talking about the way that they played it out in the book. It was just a uh, little way too much work for me. 1-800-548-TALK. 1-800-548-TALK. Text us 941-266-7676. David, Richard Bach was amazing as a guest on your show. But there's one thing I have a hard time understanding. How is this physical world that we're in an illusion? I struggle with it. Anything you can do to help me out, I'd love to know. Thank you, Kathy. It looks like Louisiana, either Los Angeles or Louisiana. I can't tell which it is. So, Kathy. Well, okay, so let me give you a basic example. If someone comes into our office and says, uh, I don't think I have the genetic capacity to love. When I look at my last relationships, they've all crashed big time. And uh, and I really need to figure this out. And maybe I'm supposed to be alone. And what we say is, is that that's an illusion, that you don't have the capacity to love. So that would be an illusion. Someone else might come in and say, I've tried a thousand times to quit smoking or quit drinking, and I think it's genetics. Uh, I have alcoholism in the family, and I, you know, would it, could it be that I'm destined to a life of drinking? Total illusion. Someone else could come in and say, I've needed to lose 100 pounds for 15 years. I've tried everything. Nothing's worked. Maybe it's my genes once again. Total illusion. Someone else might come in and say, I have a fear of flying or fear of swimming. And my dad had the same fear, and I'm trying to learn to accept it. Illusion. Okay, so that's that's an example, just easy examples. We create illusions in our life every day about the amount of money we can make, about the time we have or don't have for exercise. I mean, so much of our lives is filled with limitation and doubt. 
we focus on what we don't have, and so we maximize that ability to continue to bring in what we don't want, right? And that, and the illusion is, is I can't have what I want out of life. I can't find a partner. Um, I can't learn how to live. I don't know how to forgive. I don't know how to be free of alcohol or nicotine or food or drugs or whatever addiction it might be. I've worked with people that have had the illusion that, you know, I'm a sex, I work in the world of sexual addiction recovery. And so I've had men come in and say, I'm going to be a sex addict forever because there isn't anywhere I can go where I don't see women. That's a total illusion. You know, many programs teach us that once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic, pure illusion. And I hope that that makes sense. I hope this is helping to answer your question. Because we've repeated the same thoughts and actions for years, we continue to create the same pattern in love or money or our body or whatever it might be. But if we change the thought and change the action, then we're going to change the reality, which means what we've thought for years is an illusion. Does that make sense? So most of us, in order to change our thoughts or to change our actions, we need people to hold us accountable to the change. Why? Because even unhealthy belief systems and unhealthy actions over time become habit and they become comfortable. Even if it's unhealthy, it becomes comfortable. It's what we know. It's easier to be limited in thought and action than it is to be unlimited because a person with unlimited thought and action would go out and, as Carol Dweck said, our first uh, author today on the show, is they would just keep going after their goals regardless of the end result. They would continue to ask for help, mentors, coaches, etc. And for everyone listening right now that's stuck in this whole thing is, are we really in an illusion? And the answer is yes, absolutely. But if you're stuck in it, contact us at talkdavid.com. I mean, for 30 years now, this is the work that we've done in helping people to break out of illusion into the reality of a limitless life. And it is pretty damn limitless. Now, I'm going to say there's a cap here. I will even say in my in my open-mindedness and my love of this topic and helping people to break through the illusions of their existence, there are caps. And the example I give for me is no matter how much I love basketball and the Miami Heat, I will never be a member of the Miami Heat. <laughs> now, I could be a ball boy. I could be an assistant coach of some type. I, I'm sure there's some position. But I would never be starting next to LeBron James and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh and all these other guys, right? That's just not going to happen. So the reality, though, of life is pretty small of the limitations versus the unlimitedness of life as proven by people like Nelson Mandela, who spent 27 years in jail and came out as a black man to run South Africa. Okay, listen, up until he did that, the illusion was is that there could never be a black president of South Africa. Why? Because apartheid said it was impossible. Blacks don't have equal voting. So that would seem like a fact, a reality, but it was an illusion. Does this make sense? People that I've worked with that have been heroin addicts or have been 200 pounds overweight that have dropped the addiction. You know, I, I have clients we've worked with that were alcoholics that are bartenders now, and believe it or not, and they're clean and they're free. So the illusion was is that they could never be around alcohol. Nonsense. If you're in a great recovery program, you can serve alcohol and not ever be tempted to drink. That's the truth. The illusion is once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. Once someone who struggles with money, you're always going to struggle with money. You're never a good manager of money, never a good manager of time. Once you've had 20 years of being late everywhere you go, well, that's just who she is. That's just who she is. That's just who he is. Nonsense. All illusion. We can shatter it. 
by shattering the thoughts and actions that we've utilized from the past up to the present. And if you want help, email us at talkdavid.com. This is my passion, my life, helping people shatter illusions and create the life they want. And you can do it too. I am so convinced after being in this work for this long and for interviewing, after interviewing people like Richard Bach and Greg Braden and Carol Dweck and all of our great authors that we have on this show, it's possible for you too to shatter the illusion. Don't forget, all of our shows are archived at talkdavid.com. Today's show is archived at, after 9 o'clock Eastern Time. Go to talkdavid.com. Tell your friends and family that it's a limitless life, and David Essel proves it, as I just did in this monologue. Hey, listen, have an awesome week. Be bold, be strong, be positive. I can't wait to see you next week. I'm David Essel. Rock on. The new year is upon us, and it's time. Time to start living the life you've always dreamed of. I'm David Essel, XM radio host and author of the new free book, The Power of Focus, at TalkDavid.com. We're giving away one million copies of The Power of Focus, and it's free at TalkDavid.com. You deserve your desires. Get your free book, The Power of Focus, today at TalkDavid.com. For 21 years, positive talk radio equals David Essel Alive. Listen on XM 168 every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific.